Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Monday, October 15. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky Oliveira, And I'm Jafet Oliveira. And let's uh, pray for today and uh, begin uh, this new fresh day and new text as well. Heavenly Father, just want to thank you again to be able to call your name, to be able to uh, know, Lord, that you're with us. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to read your word, uh, to be able to reflect on all that it has and the way it will apply to our lives. God, this is a rich text, uh, a very very practical text and, and very uh, deep text as well. And so we ask for your spirit to guide us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am reading Romans chapter 12, the entire thing. That's verses 1 through 21 from the New Living Translation, subtitle, A Living Sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can, you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Hmm. I like this uh, translation. I think it's so funny that, that the idea of, of doing kind things to your enemy is Burn, heaping bur- burning coals of shame on their heads, that really you're doing a kind thing in order to it's be mean. It's going to drive them insane. 
Right. And yeah. so there's still kind of a malevolent motive there, which <laughs> well, like, maybe it's not, not the totally motive. Sure. This will really get them. Be <laughs> well, nice. It'll drive them insane. They'll, well, they're saying that. They'll hate themselves. It's like that whole idea of the like, hardening well, of the heart. You're not really being kind then, are you? Well, you know, I mean, God doesn't harden our hearts in the sense of like he stops us from uh, well, responding I, to Well, I him. like earlier but when yeah. it says don't just pretend to love others, really yeah. love them. I think the other kind of undercuts that a little bit and it's suggesting... Yeah. That you're doing a nice thing in order to really get back I love, at someone, uh, which 11, I can relate I, to. But. Yeah, I like verse 11 where it says, never be lazy, which is an interesting translation take You would on. like that. You're never lazy. I just, I Work know. hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And then I thought it was really great as well, uh, verse uh, 3, because of the privilege and authority. He said, don't think you're better than you really are. Mm. It's going to be great as well. Uh, yeah. It's great. I actually wrote a little smiley face next to my text. Oh, uh, that's so cute. So. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, and the behavior and customs as well. But let's get into the question and see where Mark is going to take us, Pastor Mark Whittison. Oh, so yeah, he wrote this great thing. It was a funny story about this couple who yeah. came to his church, and I think their daughter was in the orchestra or the course. She was playing some sort of um, sanctified music. But the rest of the church service included music that was not to their liking, and they sort of upbraided him in the foyer afterward oh. about the worldly music. and. Mm. So his question is, go ahead and ask the yeah. question. Uh, in your determination, what would make music worldly versus sacred? I've never yeah, heard he that was question asking, before. Oh, come on. Of course that's, you have. That's such a new one. No. <laughs> Do you remember we, we, when we were youth leaders? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Nearly 25 years ago, I would guess. Just yesterday. Something like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we had a, a music professor who did a presentation oh, yeah. for the youth about... Yeah why certain music is sacred and why other music is not. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I thought it, it, it stretched credibility a little bit because it, it was uh-huh. hard to not see it as being clearly a manifestation of this particular person's taste, <laughs> which was, it was elevated taste, and he was an older person. Yeah. And the teens didn't react well to it. I think it was the illustration when he uh, when he said, uh, I think he said, I played, I was listening to some music to, uh, by Michael Jackson and, uh, and my five-year-old boy came in and he started moving his hips and I knew immediately that... Uh, this music was from the devil. Was from the devil, <laughs> yes, because... Because you can't five-year-old, move your hips. My five-year-old ever. was moving his hips without any training. This five-year-old instinctively knew. I'm like, well, it's possible that a five-year-old might be able to do that move even without music. <laughs> well, no, he said is what it. I'm thinking. I think he actually did like kind of like a. Oh, I remember yeah, it well. Yeah, you remember it well. Yes, so it was there, just a there was very an accompanying moment. dance move. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so uh, in your determination, what makes music worldly versus sacred? I think it's actually an interesting question. In my day, I do remember in we. Your day. In my day. Isn't this still your day? Know, it's still my no. day. Come on. I think we had to play the music backwards in order to find out whether it was oh, worldly, worldly or sacred, right? Um, yeah. But no, truly right now, what we've done is is that we've basically taken genres that we would normally in the old days call uh, worldly, we put lyrics on it that are sacred, and then we call it sacred music. Well, when my mother was young, she... She couldn't have a record by someone. I cannot remember his name, but the reason was Elvis. it wasn't because of his music. Well, no, Elvis would have been out of the question totally. This person, Elvis would have passed this test. Oh. The problem with this recording artist was that he had a beard. Oh. And her father was like, no beards. Now, beards are back in oh, they fashion are. amongst the conservative set, which is interesting because back then, and me. having a beard I meant that you were like a radical, like a draft dodger. And I don't know what it well, meant. Well, yes, and in the 1800s, it was actually very popular. Yes, well, uh, now it's, yeah. I mean, popular amongst who, though? 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a different signifier yeah. depending. Like, yeah. um, then it's been kind of a hipster thing lately, but now the conservative wing has taken I, up the beard look, thing. I, who knows? I don't think I don't, it's an odd. It's odd that we place so much significance on all these things in a way. I think it's tragic actually that we actually have to make music that is worldly versus sacred in the sense of that uh, that we compartmentalize music in well, this way. Who does this? Like I was just sitting here thinking well, about this do. question thinking I never use the word worldly yes. for anything ever. Having said that though. It uh, sounds like it just makes me think of a little old lady somewhere wearing like a pill hat. There are songs. Hat. Yeah, there are songs that actually I, I do believe draw me closer to God and focus my mind on, on, on God directly. And there are songs that draw me not away from God, but they draw me to a different thought, which I is do, not a bad but thing. Here's but what's it's not so worldly. weird. What's so weird about it is why the focus on music specifically? Like, oh, it's just an example. In the world, well, it's, it's the example is what my point is. Yeah. In the world, there are literally millions of things that you could focus on that could take your attention away from God or well, that could bring that your attention as well. to God. No, people really never talk about art. And I think it's because music has more of a mass appeal, mm. maybe, that not not everybody has art in their house. I've, I've always found it ironic, right, uh, that uh, we, what would be considered worldly, right, uh, mm. in, the, in the business world would be a suit, a really nice suit and tie. What do you mean? Yeah, like, like if you're going to work in, you know, some kind of like high-end business, you'd wear like a, a really great suit, right? And then oh, you come right. to church and you wear the worldly suit as a signifier. Oh, yeah. That's not uh, considered That's not like considered worldly. Worldly, right? To look good or to have yeah, a nice house. So it's just, it's just uh, there are interesting... To be successful. Yeah, there are interesting uh, mm -hmm. criteria that we kind of like break down inside this. So, uh, look, if I'm, you know... I think that people should wrestle through that. I think it's a good question. In your determination, what would make music worldly for sacred? Is that even a question you want to wrestle through? Have a look at it. Uh, look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.